0: back into another episode of the jets lab podcast i'm your host joey bonsanti sitting across the laptop from me my co-host good friend compadre Jared romeo jt how you doing buddy
1: doing well joey how are you doing doing great
0: i'm um uh, pumped up episode 19 one away from 20 big episode next week but uh but yeah news is kind of picking up a bit for this week's episode which is nice
1: very nice. We're getting a little a lot more news this week and six weeks after today. It's a six weeks until training camp. So we'll have that six week dry spell of Lack and Jets content. So we really needed this. And I
0: know um we talked a little bit about the preseason last week to start the show. I was looking at tickets for fun this week. In the second deck, I mean where I usually get seats for around $200, bucks, they're 50 bucks. But the one thing that's holding me back from pulling the trigger on them. Is the fact that I w- it would want to go to the Giants one, but it's at MetLife, of course, but it's a Giants home game. So you're not going to get the whole Jets effect. So what's the fun of that?
1: <laughs> did you actually see the NY Jets Twitter released their statement about what it will be like going to the games? I did not see that. No. So they're following the New Jersey COVID rules where there's no masks. You don't have to have a proof of vaccine or a proof of a negative COVID test. All great things. Big thing. They have reverse ATM machines in MetLife because you cannot pay with cash anywhere for concessions. Wow! And now, is that due to COVID or? Yeah, they're trying to keep it a touch lit or a touch-free environment.
0: That's pretty wild. That's gonna be that's gonna
1: feel really futuristic there. When you yeah. To... So I guess these reverse ATM machines—you give the ATM cash and it spits out a prepaid debit card for you.
0: It's gonna feel like you're going on the train or something with the. Uh... Uh, yeah, the metro our, north car yeah. <laughs> so. uh,
1: that,
0: that's pretty wild I, I have been looking more into uh going week two though so we'll see i mean the ticket prices are just kind of through the roof so i'm not too sure about that
1: <laughs> yeah it might be expensive but man that game's gonna be one uh, that's gonna be a lot of fun
0: and if, if you guys are going to that game definitely comment at us we'd love to hear where you're sitting um i've definitely sat all over MetLife and I have a preference of where I like to sit second deck. So I get a good view sitting behind the end zone is cool and all for when teams are coming to score. But other than that, you, when they go on the opposite side of the field, you can't see anything.
1: So that's why I just look at my phone all game.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or watch it on the TV. You don't have to spend any money and you just watch it for free. That's that's the great part. <laughs> get the best view too. All right. So why don't we jump into the uh, lab report this week Got a good amount of news to talk about JT.
1: Sure. We'll start off with the Nick Mullins signing to the Eagles and the Eagles now have Jalen Hurts, Nick Mullins, Joe Flacco in their quarterback group. So I think one of those guys are going to be the odd man out. Maybe we can pick up Joe Flacco again if he gets cut, but we're kind of sitting in no man's lands with the backup QB situation. I am definitely still team Morgan. Because if Zach Wilson hopefully he doesn't get hurt but if he does then Morgan can just boost our draft stock when he comes in and I also just don't care too much to give up that many assets to trade for a backup like Nick Foles or and uh, I don't even know who the guys on the market really are right now anymore on the uh, free agent market yeah I mean with Foles
0: and Minshew leading the way in trades it's like there's not, I feel like there will be more holes that open up though in free agency as the summer goes along. Like you said, there's going to be some, an odd man out in Philly. I was kind of upset about the Mullins thing. Cause I really wanted him as a security blanket, just in case, you know, Mike White or James Morgan didn't look as promising heading into, into this year, but it is what it is. Again, it's not something that I'm, I'm losing my mind over. I'm going to trust the process and they're going to ride it out through the summer and see what Morgan and White have, and if they really think it's gonna be a problem, I'm sure there's gonna be a veteran sitting there waiting in August that we can sign and plug if we need to, if if Wilson goes down. So I'm not too worried about it.
1: Something to keep our eye on for sure. And I actually really think Minshew is not a viable option for us just because I don't I can't see Minshew being complacent with that backup role. Maybe Foles would be more so just because ever since that Super Bowl year, he had nothing in he got benched so many times by like three different teams due to injury or due to poor play. So maybe, but I also think the or sorry, the Bears will ask for a little bit more in a trade for Foles. Maybe not though, we, we'll, we'll see how it plays out for us. For sure.
0: Uh, next point we wanna make here in the live report is the bigger news of the week is Jamison Crowder taking that pay cut to restructure his deal open up a bit more money for us. I mean, a pretty big move here, one that we've been talking about and a really nice job here by Joe Douglas because he knew what his value truly was. It's not 10 million as a slot receiver. If they were to cut him, he's not getting 10 mil. So I think it's a great move here and it's gonna maybe allow us to make a couple more moves that will help the offense in my eyes.
1: Yeah, Crowder really had no choice here with Joe Douglas. If he wants to stay with the team, he had to take this pay cut jets had all the leverage in the world and you know what it's great that he did take this pay cut he gets to stay a part of the organization and he's going to be that veteran presence plus maybe by the time the trade deadline comes around we can send him off to a desperate team and pick up another draft pick for this upcoming draft so it's going to be fun to watch how this unfolds too i've been team keep crowder for
0: a bit not only just to give wilson help but for exactly what you just said, trading him at the deadline, that could really help us and acquiring whatever pick it may be, whether it be a, depending on his performance, you know, anywhere of like a third or fourth, fifth round pick, maybe probably more towards the fourth, fifth round um, realm, but still that can help in next year's draft. And we'll definitely see for now, I like the depth that he adds to the room and I'm glad that he took the pay cut, honestly.
1: And then moving on to the biggest news today, was Morgan Mo- uh, a lot of Morgan Moses rumors are coming about how the Jets and Morgan Moses are in talks of a deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I see a lot of people who want him and a lot of people who don't want him because they're saying that, you know, Fant's a viable option. Um, what's going to happen if you get Fant and Moses and you have them both at right tackle? Uh, then the people say there's no way Moses moves to right guard. Well, Fant's also pretty flexible. You can move him to the right guard position. Also. We just made this room. We have the money to spend. Why would you be opposed to bringing in Morgan Moses, who's a a veteran guy who could play the position really well and have depth at that position at the right tackle spot? I mean, I don't understand why people are so against it. All it could do is improve your line. Do we need to make the signing? No. Is it going to be make or break playoff signing? No. But it could definitely help the depth of that line and improve the offensive line and just the offense all around for Zach Wilson.
1: At the end of the day moses is definitely a better player than fan on the offensive line and i think if we move fan into that depth swing tackle backup position that would be perfect and that just means we won't have to see chuma Doga this year which would be awesome because he's just a walking penalty unfortunately but i can't see either of these guys moving to the inside and i think it's okay that they can't i just don't think they have the skill set or the size or scheme fit to be moving inside which is fine gvr lewis and cam clark can battle it out for that right guard position mcgovern can hold his own in the center slot but having three-fifths of the line just rock solid for this year and maybe for next season as well depending how long this moses contract is will be a huge uh, advantage and a huge step forward for this Jets team.
0: Yeah, and again, nothing set in stone yet. But, I mean, there's been a, one report from Incarcerated Bob that said he signed, but nothing official official yet. No Schefter tweet. So um, we're still we're still waiting on that, honestly. But I think that it's pretty likely that we're going to get the, the deal done.
1: Until Schefter tweets it, though, I'm skeptical.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I agree with you. Um, let's stay on the offensive side here. Denzel Mims not getting first team reps kind of went over that a little bit, but are you, are you concerned at all still this week as this week settled down?
1: Not too concerned. He, we know he was battling uh, illness. Not sure what illness he had, but not too concerned. He'll be getting his fair share of snaps during the season. And you know what? He'll be fine. I think. And if Keelan Cole is playing better, you just got to play the better player at this point. We're not going to be, no one has a spot on this team guaranteed, except for like Mackay, Beckton, Quentin Williams, Corey Davis, Carl Lawson, you know, the, the obvious guys, but besides Corey Davis, there's no obvious wide receiver who has a locked in wide receiver too. So Mims has to prove it on the practice field first. And I'm sure he'll also get his fair share of reps during the games though.
0: Yeah. Again, I'm not concerned. It's something I keep my eye on, but it's June. I mean, we're talking two months out from the start of a preseason game, three months from a regular season. So I'm just not concerned yet. Um, let's move on to other news. Uh, Jamal Adams, I know he's not on our team anymore and he's not a part of our organization, but he's still causing issues for other teams. Uh, the C- he's holding out from the Seahawks uh, training camp. What do, you, what do you think about this?
1: I did see that there are reports. There's also a family issue. And that's oh, why Jamal is holding out, or not holding out, but that's why he is absent from camp. I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, where, all right, Jamal doesn't have a contract yet. There's a, maybe something going on. Hopefully everything's okay with his family and everyone's in good health in his family. But it's just the Seahawks aren't finding him for no contract, for not showing up to a mandatory camp. And he's also probably thinking, though, he's not going to be going to camp without that new contract so it's a little bit maybe there is a family issue maybe there is contract negotiations are coming to a stop and they aren't coming to an agreement but well if we know one thing's for sure is jamal is going to start causing the big scene if he's not getting the money he wants
0: yeah i had no idea about that um family issue which could be a result as to why they're not finding him potentially, or maybe they're still working out the deal. Who knows what's happening behind closed doors? I just thought it was a a pretty typical report, something that when we traded him, I would have fully anticipated come this time in 2021. So what did you think about Rich Samini with that question on Corey Davis when he asked about Darnold? Like what, what, obviously every Jets fan saw the video or I'm assuming every Jets fan saw the video where Rich Samini asks, uh, Corey Davis, the annoying question of when I asked you about Sam Darnold, you said he was a great quarterback. Corey Davis immediately looks to the side. You know, he's obviously frustrated because he's moved on and he knew that he had to answer that question a specific way. But what do you think about his reaction to Samini this early on in his Jets tenure?
1: I think, first of all, just with Samini asking it now in June, was it two months after the draft? I think it's weird timing from him. It's like if you're gonna ask it, you would ask it, you know, maybe in May or whatever, like almost immediately after, or maybe immediately after the trade. I don't even know. They couldn't even ask him though, because they didn't
0: have I mean, this was their first time, I think, speaking since that trade.
1: I yeah, I think so. And that might that must be why he waited so long to ask him. But at the same time, it's like this is not the question to be asking rich is just trying to i don't know i don't i really don't know what he's trying to get out of corey here but corey was just completely done with it and i think a a lot of the new guys like carl lawson and corey davis and the new signees were already ahead of the curve knowing that rich samini is a i want to say scummy with his questions but will try and pry at the things you shouldn't be prying at, if that makes sense because i remember when carl lawson just straight up denied answering a question from rich he was like i'm going to politely decline that question and then moved on to the next reporter so i think these guys know that rich samini he will try and get a response out of you an emotional reaction best thing to do is if you don't want to answer it pull the marshall lynch say that you're just here so you won't get fined
0: exactly i don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. But I mean, there's, there are scenarios, you know, where guys just won't answer questions, but I think rich is a guy who's going to ask not the there's, there's reporters who ask the tough questions. He asked the annoying question. So if you want to ask a guy an uncomfortable question about something, then that, that could be fine. But when you ask a guy, something repetitive, like Sam Darnold, where he, it's pretty obvious he had this Corey Davis was scripted to say a specific thing about the Sam Darnold trade. Or about Sam Darnold before he got traded. And there's just a difference. And I just don't think it's good reporting. I think it's it's naggy and it's it's just bad reporting. That's the way I look at it. So
1: I know Rich isn't really going to try and write an article about how Corey Davis was advocating for Sam Darnold and now isn't on his team anymore. And I don't know if he was trying to spin it where it's like, Corey Davis doesn't like Zach Wilson or something like that. But thankfully we won't be seeing that since Corey just doubled down saying that Zach's his QB now.
0: Yep. Rich Cimini burning bridges in 2021. Not surprised. So, <laughs> And then one more quick thing before I didn't even tell you guys what we're getting into today after the lab report, but we'll do this and then we'll break into it. Uh, I guess Darren Lee signed with the Raiders today. So that was the last, last piece of news. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing how
1: he's still in the league after all this time. Insane. First round
0: bust. Unreal. Um, So what do you say we break into the main event here? Um, Today we are doing or predicting way too early team awards. So we're going over a few different awards here, talking about MVPs, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. And actually some of the Jets team awards as well, like most improved player. Um, That's actually not one of them. The Clifton award and Hampton award. They had a, few others um but they just were something that we couldn't really measure as just normal casual jets fans um so the clifton awards the good guy award and the hampton award is the rookie who acts like a pro in the locker room jt and myself did not go over these uh before the show so we may have similar answers we may have different answers we're going to find out hopefully they're a bit different but we think alike so who knows um again like everything that we do we go back and forth here we'll talk about each of our guys so I think that we should probably do you want to start off with you want to leave team MVP for last or do you want to go first lead with that
1: I can't decide now uh we can leave it for last we'll build up to that so do you want to
0: start with like the Hampton award with the rookie who acts like a pro in the locker room and move up
1: yeah we'll start with that one
0: okay so why don't you go first
1: all right so the rookie that acts like a pro I'm going with Elijah vera Tucker. I think that he's just going to be a, a rock on that O line and he's going to be a rock in the locker room. He's going to be very all business, straight edge, no gimmicks. Like when he comes into the facility, it's no games, nothing. And I can really see him coming home with this award. I like that a lot because he seems like a very serious player, someone who doesn't
0: really, you know, joke around too much. So my guy that I had a rookie that acts like a pro in the locker room is Michael Carter, the running back. Now I fully anticipate him to take over that RB one role this year. And I think he's going to have to mature pretty quickly uh, when he takes that role on his shoulder. So I could see Michael Carter coming in acting very mature, acting like a pro and someone who develops nicely into that running back one position. Um, next up, I will start with this, the Clifton award, the good guy award. Um, Oh yeah. So the Hampton award, the one we just did is voted by the equipment staff. Jets which just pretty interesting. The, huh. the, uh, the Clifton award, the good guy award is voted by the jets staff. So I had my good guy as Carl Lawson. I think that he's just going to be that all around just good guy. I could see him in the organization really on and off the field, just being a good dude.
1: So my good guy I had was Jamison Crowder. Actually, I think that, I think the jets really want to keep crowder and i bet you a lot of the jets now knowing that the staff members vote for this and i think it works out perfectly because i think the staff members did want to keep him around as well instead of just cutting him and saving all that 10 mil they were like let's restructure and keep crowder around in the facility because you know what he's a good guy all right take it away with the most improved player jt so most improved i'm going with ashton davis We know he struggled with some injuries at the end of last season. He also was getting burnt on a few more plays than he should be, but I think this year he has the potential to step it up with this new defensive scheme. Maybe he can be that nickel hybrid safety role, and maybe he can really step up and show why he belongs on this Jets team, and I think he could have a potential to win that most improved player award. Weirdly enough,
0: he was my runner up, which is kind of strange, but the guy that I had as most improved was Connor McGovern. I think that he's going to really blossom this season with the help that he has gotten around on the offense in the new scheme with all these new weapons on the offensive side. Uh, I just think the line's going to be rock solid and I think you're going to see a big step up and a big
1: improvement
0: at the center position from Connor McGovern. I like that one. So I actually like both of those because I obviously I I had Ashton Davis as my runner up because I could see him really taking that next step. I think both of those guys are pretty big candidates. I don't think that there's an actual most improved player at the end of the year named by the Jets, but that could definitely be talked about by us, at least at the end of the season. Um, defensive rookie of the year, I had Hamza Narzaldin. Um I just think that he's going to he's going to probably going to be a starting will linebacker for us. Um, he's going to play all over the place. And I think out of all of those picks in the later rounds, he's going to be the one who ends up being the best player on defense in that rookie class.
1: Funny enough, I actually have Jamie and Sherwood as my defensive rookie of the year. I think that both Nazareldin and Sherwood will have great, have a lot of time on that defense, but I do think Sherwood will have that impact in that linebacker spot where Nazareldin might play almost a different role. They might, start off splitting reps in the first half of the season but then by the second half we might see a different uh set a different package in the defense where both of them are on the field at the same time but i really think sherwood will show that he can cover he can tackle and he can be a starting low linebacker
0: again those are one of those guys is probably gonna be the candidate for that award plus i don't know which one it's gonna be but it's probably one of those guys that we named Um, you're starting off here with offensive rookie of the year.
1: Offensive rookie of the year. I went with a little bit of a hot take and I'm saying Michael Carter. I think at the start of the season, Ty Johnson and Michael Carter are going to be splitting some reps, but like you think that he's going to take over that RB one position. I fully expect him to now at this point to take over that RB one slot. And I think he's going to be a game changer in this offense with this new scheme He's going to be able to explode from the line of scrimmage he's going to be scoring touchdowns hopefully and also maybe even catching the ball i'm sure a lot of you guys saw the highlight of him catching that one-handed pass from mike white which was fun to watch but i could see him uh, stealing this offensive rookie of the year from elijah moore
0: i like that one a lot um because i'm a big michael carter fan but None of these players on offense are going to perform well without one guy, and that's the quarterback, Zach Wilson. He's going to be the offensive rookie of the year for us. He's going to come out and have a phenomenal rookie year, maybe not even numbers wise, but just from the eye test. And you're going to be able to see that he's making the right decisions. He's not, you know, he doesn't have to put up the glamorous numbers, but just that he's growing and he's becoming better each week. I could sit there confidently at the end of the season and say, wow, this guy is going to be our quarterback for the future. I haven't ha- I haven't said that in my life as a lifetime as a Jets fan, so I'm hoping we can just hash that out early on in his career, and he could just be really great as a rookie.
1: Hopefully, by the end of the season, we're all saying that. Yep. Uh. Okay. So,
0: <clears throat> defensive player of the year, I had Quinnen Williams. Uh, I think that's a pretty fair assessment there. I think that with the step that he's going to take this year, he's going to be the best player on our defense. Um. I'd say you know right up there is going to be Marcus May with him, but I had Quinn Williams just exploding this year and taking that award.
1: I had Marcus May, actually, as my defensive player of the year. I think we're going to really see him take over that secondary, considering it's a pretty uh, questionable secondary, to say the least. So I think this year, again, we can see him kind of take over and really step up in some big moments and some big games and maybe even win us a game or two with a big defensive stop. So... I see him taking away that Defensive Player of the Year award. We haven't had a match yet, huh? Not yet.
0: That's unlike us. It was like the scheduling episode where we had every single win loss the same, pretty much.
1: (laughs) That was fun. Um,
0: You take it over. Who do you think is going to be the Offensive Player of the Year for the Jets?
1: Offensive Player of the Year, I went with the newly acquired Corey Davis. I think we're going to see Corey just easily, I mean, no questions asked. He's our wide receiver one, but I think we're going to see him actually put up wide receiver one numbers and just be head over, uh, head and shoulders above the other wide receivers, which will be great to see a wide receiver like that. And I know we we held a poll last week about is Corey Davis or could Corey Davis be the best wide receiver for us since Brandon Marshall. And I fully believe he I mean, easily will be the best wide receiver for us since Marshall. He might not put up 1,500 yards in the season, but I could see him breaking 900 yards this season for sure and become that offensive player of the year for us.
0: All right, so I'm sticking in the wide receiver room. I just have a different wide receiver. I think Elijah Moore is going to be our offensive player of the year. Um, Again, maybe I'm buying into the hype a little too early here, but I could – You know, I could see it being Corey Davis, but I could also see Elijah Moore coming out and being the guy that other fans and other teams say, wow, how did we let this guy slip past the first round? It doesn't make any sense. Like he could have just an insane explosive season where he puts up monster numbers. Now I still think that Corey Davis is going to put up numbers. Like you were saying, 800, 900 yards, but Elijah Moore could do something really special and, act as one of the most versatile wide receivers we've seen in the Jets offense ever.
1: I am so excited to watch him play and I didn't select him for any of these awards. Spoiler alert, he's not my MVP, but I was very tempted to put him as either offensive player of the year or offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, now he's it's going to be fun to watch, man. Um, I think it's my do I go first with the MVP or is it you?
0: You go first. So, my team MVP in the last award given out it's uh, called the curtis martin award i'm going with quinan williams Um, yep i doubled up here had him as a defensive player of the year and team mvp i think he's going to have that good of a season uh this is going to be one of the best years of his career i think within the next three years so mvp congratulations quinter
1: there it is joey our match i also have quinton williams being our team MVP. i'm pretty sure he was our mvp last season right uh, actually it might have been Marcus May. I think it was Marcus May.
0: Let me I actually have it up here, so let me just check. Um let's see the Martin Award. It was Marcus May.
1: Yeah, so I think this year Quinn will take it with ease. I think he'll have double-digit sacks this year. He he's just gonna be a monster on that defensive line, and he's really gonna be so fun to watch with Carl Lawson and you're going to see not Aaron Donald comparison, but you know, just the way how Aaron Donald can dominate a game. Quinn and Williams will be very similar in that aspect. I think all pro season from Quinn and for sure. I, I'm expecting a huge year for him. He's going to earn a big paycheck after this season.
0: Now I do think I don't want this to discount the season that Carl Lawson is going to have. Cause I really do want to have, I think in, the prediction after the over-under episode, I think he's, I said he's going to have more sacks with Quinton, which doesn't really match up here. Um, I think it's going to be very close because I think they're going to have similar stat lines in terms of sacks, but I think it's in terms of tackles and tackles for loss, I think Quentin's probably going to take that over and show out for them defensively. But, I mean, who, who knows with these awards? This is really doing this leading up because there's not much content out, but we're in June right now, so it's really tough to tell how this is gonna play out, obviously, but we have this all written down. We're gonna revisit this once the season is over, which is a long ways away. We'll be uh, very upset when we have to do that episode. That will suck. <laughs> <Imagine> <laughs> well, hopefully, we'll
1: be right with a couple of them.
0: I know we'll definitely again. There, some of them are gonna be self-proclaimed because the Jets don't really hand out offensive rookie of the year or defensive rookie of the year, most improved player. But we'll be able to tell by our own standards. So another fun episode here. And again, comment, tweet us, Who who's going to be the team MVP? Who is it going to be? Um, And I guess that wraps it up for that. We do have a couple mailbag questions here though, and I'll have to get to that. Any closing thoughts on our uh, award predictions?
1: I thought we were all, I think uh, with both of us, with what we said for our prediction, I thought we could, I could definitely see an outcome of one of the guys we said winning that. So I mean, I think we had all the bases covered on that, and we'll see by the end of the season when we look back at this episode.
0: All right, let's move into the mailbag here. We'll start from the top here. Tony Vegas at Chasing Payments. What do we do with Fant, with Moses on the brink of being signed? Uh, I kind of addressed this before. Uh, You just keep him. I think that it's going to be a good depth piece, and uh, having both of them there, there's nothing wrong with it. We have the money to do it. Let's do it.
1: Yep, keep him. Swing tackle. Swing tackle. As a depth piece, don't want to see Chuma on the field. You can't really push him inside. He is not meant to be a guard in this league. And then after this year, you probably actually cut him because he's cuttable after this year and, or maybe restructure it like we did with Crowder. But he will be getting all of his guaranteed money at this season, and there's no reason to hold on to the, his contract for next season.
0: Uh, at King king underscore tut zero zero kyle best football food jt you gotta pick one
1: thing what are you eating uh, uh well i actually thought of this as like two things a combination but if i had to go with real one thing it will be wings
0: <sighs> that's what I, I think that's what i if it boiled down to it i probably have to pick wings
1: and that's it's tough too because that's like i could go with boneless or bone in i could also go with I mean, the sauces can be any kind of sauce. The problem with wings is they can get a little messy. So my backup was chips and salsa, which can get a little messy, but only if you're a messy eater. At that point, like that one time when we downed a whole bag
0: of chips and salsa together. <laughs> to be fair, there were four of us. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. it's kinda, I think it's got to be wings though. Honestly, yeah. it's probably the best. I think, honestly, I'd probably take boneless wings for football. Then I could just eat them with a fork.
1: That too. I like the fact that with boneless wings, it's just a lot less messier. And, you know, you can just kind of have it. You're just eating it. You don't really have to pay attention to, like, work around the bone. So it's so like you're just eyes on the TV, fork in your hand, scooping wings in your mouth. Backup for me, I think, is uh, it's a little out, out
0: of the box. But bur- I like grilling, so burgers probably for me.
1: I like the only problem one. with that is you can't grill inside
0: you can't i have to eat you know 20 minutes before the game then i'm missing the pre-game hype so it that's a tough one <laughs> Or you're at the you're doing it at the game but i don't bring grills to the game so whatever <laughs> um last question comes from at two cents nfl tj who's your mama uh best place to watch football alone with people bar living room man cave what's your uh, what's your preference jt
1: I think the best place is if I had a man cave, it would be in the man cave. But it would be at home with friends, preferably of rooting for the same team. That way, you can watch the same team. And uh, but I really I love the at home experiment uh, experience just because you're always in the front row. You can go to the bathroom whenever you want. You can get a drink or food whenever you want. You don't have to pay extra. I just think. Going to games, you know what? It's fun to go to a game like every, once a year or whatever, but I could not really see myself being a season ticket holder to go to every single home game.
0: It's rough. I, I wouldn't mind getting like packages of three games, but I agree with you. There's no better seat than your house. If you lose, you turn off the TV. You go to your room and you sulk. maybe watch a couple other games. You lose when you're at the stadium. Oh, you got it. Now you got to go out. Everyone's screaming, yelling. Everyone's drunk. You got to go home. There's traffic. Then you don't get home till eight, nine o'clock. You miss some of the late game. Then you shower. You got to go to work the next day. It's just terrible. But when you're at home, it's just better. Like you said, accessible bathroom at any time you want. Drink anytime you want. Food anytime you want. Any food you want, um, as long as you prepare. But yeah, it's 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 an overrated. Watching a football game on TV is. It's just heaven, man. It's it's unbelievable sitting down for that one o'clock Jets game. And you're able to see every angle and you're pretty much able to, you know, when you're at the game, you miss a lot. You know, you're not able to see every angle from a replay or if a crazy play happened and it was really close. You're not really seeing, obviously you could see your on the, on your phone with Twitter, but it's just not the same. So yes, in the basement with my friends, all rooting for the Jets. That's the best type of time to watch a game for me. Just can't beat it. Yep. When there's other fans, though, it gets a little messy, but that's all right. Sometimes that's fun.
1: The biggest problem with me is if it's another fan, but you're not playing that team. So then you have to watch either two TVs or keep flipping back and forth. And it's like, all right, this is getting to be a little excessive. Exactly. With
0: the two audios mashing, or you just tell them to just turn the audio off. I, I need my game's audio blasting through the TV. And then I have uh, NFL Red Zone with a very low volume. So I could, if any of my fantasy guys go off, I could do that. But Main event. That's that's really all I care about. So fun questions this week. Good job. Um, Any closing thoughts from you? uh, Episode 19, JT.
1: One more episode, then we're on to 20. It's going to be a good one next week. Make sure to tune in. Got uh, something special
0: coming next week. So definitely make sure to tune in. Uh, I'm looking forward to it and uh, you're just going to have to listen to find out if you want to see what we're talking about. So episode 19, that'll wrap it up. Uh, Go follow us on Twitter at Hundos at um stacking dollars at jets lab pod is the twitter handle for the podcast and uh as always thanks for listening and go jets